It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. And welcome to another Friday football fiasco. It is SportsX Radio live at the PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, Mark Hoke running the show. PSBRLaw.com. Check them out. The best in personal injury. Now in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley. Success rate 99%. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. You may not need them now. You may need them in the future. Jot the number down. You got the 702 for Vegas. 830-9353. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, BP. Great to have you on another Friday football fiasco. Hard to believe college football is closing out on us. Still have a bunch of games left NFL-wise, but my goodness, has it flown by or what? And you're having an outstanding year, BP. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Obviously, I have fun every week doing this show with UKT. Winning is fun. Uh, still a lot of work to be done, though. A couple weeks left of the regular season. FBS, this is the last week of the FCS regular season. We've got playoffs. We've got bowl games. We've got a lot. Got a lot, and we've got weather coming into play. We know the Buffalo Bills game has already been moved to Detroit. Brad, update on Buffalo. They had a home game coming up against Akron. That game has been moved now. To Sunday, but, I mean, come on now. Uh, I don't think it's going to get played. If it got moved to Sunday when you connect the dots and Buffalo couldn't play the NFL game on Sunday, had to move it to Detroit. I'm not sure that uh, Buffalo, the University of Buffalo, is going to be able to play this game. Although they're in a different area of the city that's expected to get less snow than where uh, the Bills are at. Interesting. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Northwestern at Purdue, 20 miles per hour wins West Lafayette. 19 miles per hour in these three games. Illinois at Michigan, Indiana at Michigan State, Wisconsin at Nebraska. UMass at Texas A&M, 48% chance of rain at College Station. UTSA at Rice, 76% chance of rain, just 10 mile an hour is on the win. BC at Notre Dame, 16 miles per hour there in South Bend. Georgia at Kentucky, 17 miles per hour in Lexington. Texas at Kansas, 15 miles per hour. Iowa, Minnesota, just 13 miles per hour right now. Uh, They were looking at snow, but that's been waved off. Arkansas State at Texas State, 
100% chance of rain in that game. And UNLV at Hawaii, 23-mile-per-hour winds on the island. Add FIU at UTEP, 16 miles per hour, and Duke at Pittsburgh, 15 mile per hour. Brad Powers, did I miss anything? No, you got it all, KT. Good job. There you go. All right. I just uh, I just test him just to see if he's on it. I know he is. This guy, one of the best in the business. Real quick before we get rolling, Brad Power Sports having an outstanding year. You have the newsletter for some, and then you have the VIP service for others that may look to make some more money and really get entrenched, but you're having an outstanding year. I know the newsletter itself was at least 60%. Yeah, we're right around 60% in the newsletter, and we're 60% in, in uh, the VIP, which is a little bit higher volume. So when, when you get to the end of November and you're higher volume and you're 60%, yeah, it's been a good season, KT. I know. I saw the new truck out there. It looks nice, BP. All right. Uh, <laughs> Arizona State, uh, Borgay, it was questionable quarterback-wise, but they're all right uh, you know, as far as that department. Giovanni Sanders, one of the receivers, left last game. And we'll see if he can go. Rio Torrance missed last game with an illness, one of their starting cornerbacks for Arizona State. For Arkansas, good news, K.J. Jefferson, shoulder injury, he is probable. He is. He was practicing early in the week. Boston College, Phil Jerkovic missed the last two games, questionable with the knee, but why go there when Emmett Moorhead is playing out yep. of his mind? Yeah, back-to-back 300-yard games for Moorhead. Jerkovic might try to play, though. Keep in mind, he, was a, he originally was at Notre Dame, transferred out. Oh, interesting there. Central Florida. Uh, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste missed last game with a head injury. He's her second leading tackler. Devad Wilson also left last game. He's a starting strong safety. Any update on uh, Jean-Baptiste, one of the leading tacklers? I do not have one. Clemson, Bo Collins missed last game with a shoulder injury. And Trenton Simpson also missed last game for Clemson as far as uh, with an injury undisclosed. He is their leading tackler. Keep an eye, make sure Simpson can go there for Clemson. Colorado, Deion Smith, their number one running back, missed last game, listed as questionable. Georgia Southern. Uh, Dur- Durvin Burgess Jr., leg injury, he is out for the year. And Latrell Bullard, uh, knee injury, also out for the year. They're starting nose tackle. Georgia Tech, Zach Pyron, out for the year with a shoulder injury. Jeff Sims had already been out, so they'll go with the other Zach at quarterback. Running out of quarterbacks down there with the rambling wreck. Chase Brown, this is a key one going against Michigan. Leg injury along with McCray. Last I saw, both those guys questionable. Brett Bielema said they're trending in the right direction. Uh, I do not trust Brett Bielema. So just because he says that doesn't mean that Chase Brown's going to play. Neither did Wisconsin or Arkansas. Yeah. Iowa State. Jarrell Brock, running back, their number one back. He is out for the year with a foot injury, uh, so mark that down. Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, left last game. He will miss this game. They're pretty fortunate they have a pretty good backup. Well, Howard has a ton of experience. I mean, he's got 12 starts under his belt, and he's playing well this year. Told you that Day-Day Hunter was out for the year for Liberty, starting running back Shedra Lewis, their second leading rusher, also missed last game. Personal, still listed as questionable for this one. Louisville, Malik Cunningham, left last game with a shoulder injury. Any update on uh, Cunningham? Line says he's probably not going to play. That's a short spread. All right. Memphis, uh, they all, uh, Thomas, but they already played, so we don't have to worry about them. They're running back. Miami, Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback, questionable with a shoulder injury. Memphis plays an FCS team on Oh, they do? Okay. All right, sorry about that. Uh, Let me move on down. Michigan, uh, Schoonmaker, their tight end, uh, missed last game, and he is questionable for their big game against Illinois. Any update there? Do not have one, KT. That is big because, obviously, Eric All already out for the year. That's right. Middle Tennessee State, their quarterback, Chase Cunningham, he missed last game, questionable. Still questionable. Tanner Morgan, also questionable for Minnesota. Uh, He's missed, I think, a couple games, but... Nonetheless, they're just going to hand off to Ibrahim anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi, Zach Evans, concussion, 
questionable there for Ole Miss. Chuba Purdy is out. Casey Thompson could play. His elbow injury had him as questionable. I think he plays. You think he plays for yep. Nebraska? We'll keep an eye there. ODU wide receiver Ali Jennings now out for the year. Texas Tech, Tyler Shuck, he's set to start again coming off the nice win. Northwestern, their quarterback situation, both Brendan Sullivan and Holinsky left last game. They ended up getting two other guys in there for spot duty. Any update on Northwestern's quarterback situation? Uh, it's not looking great, but I still bet him. I'll put it that way. All right, Ohio State, not really worried too much till next week when they play Michigan, but both Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams have been hurting. We still haven't heard from Jackson Smith and Jigba. You think he goes at all in the Michigan game? I think he'll try in the Michigan game, but, I mean, remember I said several you weeks did. ago, I don't think he's going to play much yep. this year. Yep. He's going to shut sure. it down. That's exactly what you did say. Oklahoma, Justin Broyles, their free safety. He is uh, questionable with a leg injury. He's their fourth-leading tackler. Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders got in last week. Any chance he's able to go? Is he good to I go? I think he goes, yep. All right, Chase Cota, wide receiver, missed last game with an arm injury, but Bo Nix is the key player for Oregon. They're at home against Utah coming off the home loss. That line is flip-flop, Brad. Yeah, so just a couple nights ago, I mean, that is the key injury in college football this week. We had Oregon favored by three. Uh, you know, it kind of leaked on a player interview, a wide receiver for uh, Houston for uh, or Hudson for, for Oregon, said, yeah, with Bo down, we trust in Tom Tom, uh, Ty Thompson. Well, we didn't know Bo was down. He came back in the game last week and played. So when that leaked out, the line moved five points. Wow. All right. So it pays, it pays to pay attention, no yeah. question, to interviews no matter what. Of course, Twitter, all your social media feeds. Be careful, though. Sometimes you get a curveball thrown at you. Joey Porter, junior cornerback, Penn State, missed last game with an appendix. He's hoping to be back. South Florida, uh, Catravis Marsh, their quarterback, out. He had neck surgery, successful. Uh, Bynum Brown was the fourth uh, stringer there and set to start for the Bulls. Yeah, he's going to play uh, tonight. That's a big reason why the total looks a little bit lower than expected. All right, USC losing Travis Dye with that knee injury out for the year. Uh, talking to Chuck Hayes, he thought Eric Gentry would be a game-time decision. Uh, and Mario Williams as well. He expects both these guys to try and give it a go against UCLA. Ooh, I mean, a depth-shy team losing guys. Uh, and maybe they win this week, but playing the three consecutive tough games in a row, I think it's going to – SC's going to lose a game down the stretch here, KT. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, uh, just, right, just because will. your team's out of it, don't be knocking my team out yet. Stanford, uh, Brendan Barrow missed last game, a solid running back. Caleb Robinson as well. Uh, both those guys questionable. We already know Smith and Filkins out for the year for the Cardinal. Uh, what about Cedric Tillman listed as questionable wide receiver there for Tennessee again? Might sit out. They might be resting him up. A-chain or A-chain there, the running back for Texas A&M. He missed last game, questionable. There's more positivity that he'll be able to play again. This, right. yeah, well, they're not going to a bowl game, so I mean, it's either this week against UMass where you don't need them, or hopefully he plays next week against LSU. UTEP, Texas El Paso, their starting quarterback, Gavin Hardison, left last game. He is out. That comes to me from a very good source because Calvin Brownholtz will be starting that game. He got in last week. They lost the game to Rice in overtime, but he played well, had a 92.5 yeah, quarterback uh, rating. He's different than Hardison. He'll run a lot more. Yep. Yep. So we'll see, and I, he did have a 25-yard touchdown run. Texas State wide receivers, Banks and Barbie, still listed as questionable. We know Hawkins and Hill are out. Skill position players there for Texas State. Texas Tech, Bradley, the wide receiver, uh, number two receiver there, missed last game. He was concussed, so we'll see if he's able to go. And Malachi Thomas missed last game and is doubtful, running back for Virginia Tech. Wazoo, Raynard Bell, good news. He is back in the lineup for the big game against Arizona and uh, that'll be an interesting game. A lot of people think Arizona will have a letdown. I'm not so sure with Delora going against his old team. Wyoming, Peasley, uh, quarterback there. 
for Wyoming listed as questionable, and he's a guy that they need to have in the lineup. Uh, he left last game and was listed as questionable there for the game in Laramie against Boise State. All right, uh, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, we've got 55 college games, and then the NFL will go to rapid pace. Texas Tech will start it off with game 319. Uh, Texas Tech going to go to Iowa State. Iowa State, my goodness, five turnovers last week in the loss at Oklahoma State, 20-14. to 14. Decker's throwing three interceptions. Uh, Norton in the backfield now because they did lose Brock. Hutchinson and Noel, pretty decent receivers for Texas Tech. Shuck did a nice job uh, throwing the ball, rushing the ball, ran 76 yards, got a touchdown. You had a good trio in the backfield with Thompson, Valdez, and Brooks. 185 yards, two touchdowns. Xavier White doing his job. And Josiah Pierre, big-time game with a couple sacks and six solo tackles. Your take on this one, it is Texas Tech in Ames. Right now, Iowa State minus 3.5-47. We use the Westgate Superbook lines. Yeah, a little inside-out handicap. Two misleading finals creates a little bit of value here on Iowa State. They probably should have beaten Oklahoma State last week. Texas Tech's final against Kansas was better than what the, uh, you know, was worse than what the final score said. So add that up, lean Iowa State for me. There you go. Kansas State, this team could get in the playoff there as far as the Big 12. I like the way they're playing. And again, you have two solid quarterbacks. If Martinez comes back, we'll see how it works out. If not, Howard, three touchdown passes last week, leads the 31-3 route in Waco over Baylor. Very impressive. Deuce Vaughn, his usual solid game with 106 on the ground. Sanat had seven receptions, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. Moore and Green, 14 tackles, 12 of them solo in that route for K-State. They go to West Virginia. JT Daniels started out okay, but then Garrett Green came in and gave them the dual threat. Very, very solid game. He rushed for 119 and a couple touchdowns, threw for another one. Mathis Jr., Johnson Jr. in the backfield to help out. And Sam James, pretty good receiver in the game. It is West Virginia. They are at home in Morgantown. They're plus 7.5 against K-State, 54.5. I bet Kansas State 6 on Sunday. 7.5 through a key number, not willing to do it now. But I will say I think they're the right side. West Virginia got the big upset. I still think their coach is going to get fired at the end of the season. AD's out. Um, another inside info, I think Martinez is out for the year now. Wow, That's that, not reported. Yeah, there you go. So more pressure there on Howard. But he is the guy, and he's stepped up to the plate so far. So good. UL Lafayette, they're in Tallahassee to take on Florida State. UL Lafayette catching 24 big ones, 51 and a half. Wooldridge, the transfer from Fresno State, doing a decent job. Threw for another three touchdowns in their route over Georgia Southern last week and a good game by safety. Cam Pettisclau, uh, seven tackles, all solo. Meanwhile, Florida State, Jordan Travis, he just does what he needs to do. Threw three touchdowns, no picks, rushed for another one. Trey Benson steps up with 163 on the ground. 12 different receivers caught receptions. Four different guys got touchdown receptions. 38-3, they crushed the orange of Syracuse in the game. Florida State, again, minus 24, 51 and a half. I've been batting Florida State uh, for the last month or so. This is an underrated team. They are number 10 in my power ratings right now. They are number four in the country in yards per play margin, number four in the country yards per game margin. I laid 21 on Sunday, leaned at 24, although keep in mind they got a short week coming up. Florida Gators coming in on a Friday night on national TV, so be careful laying the big, uh, the big 24 here. Penn State, they are at Rutgers. Can the boys from Jersey get it done? Winstead's finally uh, healthy. Got in the game last week, threw a couple touchdown passes, 236 yards. The big one, fourth and 28 to get the cover. That was the best, man, in the end zone. That was beautiful. We deserved that cover. Yes, we did. I agree with that 100%. Mananji had 162 on the ground. Logan and Crookshank, 11 receptions for 118. Jones and Young had touchdown receptions. Rutgers' problem, they had 14 penalties for 108 yards. Meanwhile, for Penn State, Sean Clifford, again, hand off the ball to Nicholas Singleton. You can have a good game. You throw it spottingly and then take off yourself once in a while. Nice effort by Penn State. 30 to nothing 
last week. Uh, a nice effort all the way around by the Nittany Lions. Brenton Strange, their tight end, gets a uh, tight TD reception, and Robinson had a nice game with a couple sacks on the defensive side of the ball for the Nittany Lions as they shut out Maryland. It is Penn State now 19, minus 19, 45 the total from Piscataway. I didn't bet it. I made 52 bets on Sunday. This line opened 19. 19's a dead number. Probably should move. Is it going to come down to 17? It's going to go up to 20, 21? It's still at 19. Tells me that, you know, I was right in not betting it. But I don't see much value here. Pass. Brad Powers could be back in the mix with Hendon Hooker in his little Heisman Trophy run. Three touchdowns, 355, rushed for 50 and another touchdown last week, 66-24. They rolled over Mizzou in Knoxville. Uh, Samson, pretty solid running back, small, right. These guys, you know, loaded backfield there for Tennessee. And Hyatt McCoy, two outstanding receivers. Barron led the defense last week. He had four tackles for loss and a sack, all solo tackles for the junior defensive end for the boys from Knoxville. They are in South Carolina. Spencer Rattler, can he come up with a big game and a shocking upset and really throw the playoff into a funk? Well, if Tennessee is going to lose, this would probably be the shot, although they do have the rivalry game with Vandy. Uh, Bell in the backfield to try and help out. Look, you're laughing. You laughed at, you laughed at Texas A&M going to Alabama, okay? All right, All right so no more laughter there, Powers. Uh, South Carolina, though, they have been uh, their own worst enemy last week. In their loss, 38-6 at Florida, they lost three fumbles in that game. What about it? Any chance they can at least keep the folks in Columbia entertained for a half? Tennessee minus 22-and-a-half, 66-and-a-half your total. Yeah, speaking of new trucks, if Hooker would were to win the Heisman, I would have a new truck, KT. You know I've had that for almost three years already. Have it, well, that truck, you know what, time you keep, flies. You but keep it in good shape. Uh, as far as this game, pizza bet, so no new truck off of a win here. I'm going to take South Carolina. I think you're paying a premium on Tennessee because people saw them go for the jugular last week, add a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, that's a worry, but that's pricing in this point spread here. All right. Meanwhile, we've got NC State, Louisville. Louisville minus four at home. Malik Cunningham, you think he goes with that? I don't uh, think he goes with this four-point spread because this line should be seven if Cunningham plays. NC State, just uh, a fraction of what they were at quarterback, and it's been a tough go last week losing that game at the end there to Boston College 21-20. Yeah, I'm going to lose a season win total because of it. Unbelievable. But uh, I'm going to lean Louisville here. I, the backup's okay. I thought he did okay on the road in a bad uh, – not a bad, but a tough environment against Clemson last week. All right, Syracuse, my goodness, they've dropped four in a row. Garrett Schrader has been banged up. He was only 6-16 six of 16 for 65 yards last week. Sean Tucker – having trouble. Even Gadsden, not productive anymore from the wide receiver position. They are struggling big time. The Cuse, 38-3 losers at home to Florida State. Talked about that earlier. Wake Forest, tough loss to North Carolina, 36-34. Sam Hartman, four touchdown passes, but, you know, outshined by Drake May. 170 uh, rushing yards for the team. Ellison and Turner had most of that, and Morin and Green, nine receptions and three touchdowns. Smenda continues, the senior linebacker, to pile up tackles. Most of them uh, assisted tackles, though. He has 91 tackles, just 33 solo on the year. Syracuse at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. Demon Deacons minus 10, 55 and a half. Yeah, I mean, numbers say Syracuse, but I just can't get there. Their recent form is really bad, and I've had bad luck betting on Wake Forest the last couple weeks, so I just didn't bet the game, KT. It's always nice to have a Brad Power special like he gave last week with Pittsburgh. My goodness, two pick six, his first two plays, 28 nothing after the first quarter. You're feeling good as they rolled over Virginia. Keaton Slovis uh, didn't do much, didn't have to. Threw for 208 and a touchdown. Abanaconda had 121 and a TD on the ground, and Cansey had three sacks. His three tackles, all sacks. Meanwhile, Duke continues to excel, 7-3. and three. Riley Leonard, just love this kid. He's a, a lot of fun to watch. They are plus 12 in that sack department, plus 14 in the turnover department, the Dukies. 
Waters and, and Coleman in the backfield, Calhoun and Robertson pretty good, and Hayward and Joyner lead the defense. In this game, Duke at Pittsburgh, up to 7.5 at the beautiful Westgate Superbook, 49.5. I like the over. Uh, I like Duke's offense this year. I know they hired a defensive coach in Mike Elko. It's been the offense that's really impressed me, and I think Pittsburgh's, you know, Slovis leaves a lot to be desired, but I think they're capable of, you know, this is a low total as far as I'm concerned. I don't think the weather's that big of a factor. Indiana at Michigan State as we jump over to the Big Ten. Michigan State minus 10, 47 and a half from East Lansing. Thorne, the quarterback, leading the 27-21 home win against Rutgers. Berger, the Jersey kid, went up against the uh, Scarlet Knights and got in the end zone. Broussard uh, and he combined for 165 on the ground. Jaden Reed, Barker, another 154 via the airwaves and a couple touchdowns. Michigan State taking on Dexter Williams at quarterback in Indiana, right? Is Because uh, ba- Bayslack banged up or, you know, Bayslack well, didn't p- play much last week. Uh, Tuttle's out for the year. He played a game. Bayslack's been banged up. Uh, the other guy got in a little bit because they're getting beat by six touchdowns last week, KT. I haven't seen that Basilax out for the game. All right, well, Williams threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he rushed for 46, so maybe they give him a shot there. Aaron Casey did have 10, so- 10 tackles, six solo against the Buckeyes. Always tough. In this one from East Lansing, Michigan State minus 10, 47 and a half. Again, I think the weather has you know suppressed at least the total. Uh, I think a little bit more than it should lean over for me. Liberty off the loss to UConn, but everybody's losing to UConn. 36-33, Jonathan Bennett, uh, 12 touchdowns, but nine picks. Again, don't know about Lewis in the backfield. We told you Hunter out for the year since uh, beating BYU and then at Arkansas, then losing to UConn. Who'd have thunk that that would have worked out? Virginia Tech, Grant Wells, hasn't been great. Head coach Brent Pry trying to figure things out over there in Blacksburg on the road against Liberty with King and Holston trying to get their uh, act together in the backfield, and Lofton's a pretty good receiver. But this is a team minus nine in the sack department, minus eight in the turnover department, Vodtech. Again, they are at liberty, catching 10, total 46.5. Lean over again uh, here. I know it's on a square over the total on a lot of these, but again, I don't think the weather's going to be that big of a factor, and I think liberty uh, obviously had a decent offensive performance last week, but they, they put the f- uh, foot on the gas pedal here against a bad Virginia Tech team. Miami of Florida at Clemson. This is a big one for the Clemson Tigers. They try to keep their slim playoff hopes alive with DJ Uyunglele coming off a game where he threw for a touchdown, 185, rushed for another. Phil Moffa looked pretty good, 106 on the ground for the youngster, helping out Will Shipley in the backfield. Antonio Williams uh, had a touchdown and 10 receptions there. Carter did a nice job on defense and uh, – you know, losing three out of four fumbles, uh, that'll hurt. But beat uh, Louisville 31-16, to 16, taking on Miami of Florida, who went with your Curry Brown at quarterback, who threw three touchdowns, rushed for 87 yards, Knighton in the backfield, another 118 in a touchdown, seven different receivers caught passes, three different guys got touchdowns. Van Dyke, we told you, was questionable, as is running back Henry Paris Jr. In that game, Miami right now at Clemson. It is Clemson in Death Valley, minus 19, total of 48. I'm going to lean over yet again in this one. I think the point spread's about right. Open 19, stayed at 19. That's a dead number. Uh, over for me. I think the reason being Van Dyke might play for Miami. Ohio State at Maryland as we close out the first segment with this game. C.J. Stroud and company, well, they're looking good. Not only that, Stroud looking good again in the Heisman, coming off a 297, five touchdown, no interception performance. Williams and uh, Hayden on the ground, 249 and two touchdowns. Harrison Jr. did his job with 135 and a touchdown receiving-wise. Xavier Johnson had a 71-yard rushing 
Uh, 71 yards rushing, uh, two receptions for 47. Stover, a couple touchdown receptions. 662 to 269 total yardage in the 56-14 route of Indiana. They had four sacks, 10 tackles for loss against the Hoosiers. Ohio State on the road against Talia Tungavailoa and Maryland, who come off getting shut out by Penn State. Can the Terps rebound and keep it close at home? They're catching 27, total 63. Yeah, it seems a little pricey. I'm going to wait on Saturday to see if I can get a 28. I know Maryland has failed to cover the spread in five straight. You forgot to do your streakers at the top, KT. I don't know if you did them this week. Uh, with Ohio State having Michigan on deck, I'm going to lean with Maryland here plus the big number. But again, wait till game day, get 28. Of course, when I was growing up, streakers were a little bit different thing, <laughs> as Mark Ho can attest from back in his heyday. We'll talk about those streaks when we come back. Segment number one in the book, SportsX Radio rolling at you. We are, uh, of course, here in Las Vegas. We tape the show on Friday mornings, and uh, we make sure that we've got you all the information, but check it all out. Live from Vegas, we'll be right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson with Brad Powers. Keep it right here. So we are not in the danger zone as of yet. If you're in the danger zone health-wise, well, you may not know about it unless you go to the Preventative Diagnostic Center. That's right. Dr. John Pearson Company got the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease, cancer. PDCenterLV.com. That's the website. Go check out the scanner there. Give a call now. Get your free educational consultation set up. Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. You got the 702 down for Vegas. 534 534-7900. 534-7900. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Get the heart CT scan and calcium score special. 125 for a $600 value. Better than that. Your significant other, absolutely free. So $1,200 value for $125. You get in there, find out. Guys, especially make sure that Widowmaker not clogging up. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce, 534-7900. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. KT, Brad Powers on a Friday football fiasco. Mark Hoke running the show. Brad talking to me. KT, you forgot about your streaks. You're right. I did. Let's get to them. Streaks against the spread as far as wins Oregon State, TCU, Penn State, and Temple all have four straight wins against the number. How about UConn, seven straight wins? BP, what did I miss? You got them. Losses. We've got Stanford, San Jose State, four straight losses, ODU, four straight losses, and Cincinnati, five straight losses. Of course, we tape 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Friday, Friday night. You've got Tulsa and New Mexico, both with five straight losses in action. What did you I got miss? Him. You got didn't him? miss anything, buddy. All right. As far as overs, Notre Dame, USC, Fresno State, four straight overs. Houston, five straight overs. Houston, 9-1 and one this year to the over. Wow. Big time effort there by the Cougars on the scoreboard. As far as unders, five straight unders for Troy, four straight unders for ODU, Iowa State, Western Kentucky, and Kentucky, six straight unders, Brad Powers. Kentucky and Colorado State both 9-1 and one to the under this year. Wow. All right. We'll keep an eye on all those streaks, see what stays intact as we go 
into uh, the final week for a lot of teams as far as the FBS as we look at some of these rival games, rivalry games coming up as well. Uh, big game coming up in the Big Ten. We talked about Ohio State there at Maryland. Well, Illinois is at Michigan, and kind of the wheels falling off a little bit the last two weeks there for Bielema and Illinois. They lose at home 31-24 to Purdue. Chase Brown, we talked about him being banged up, had a couple touchdowns, 98 yards on the ground. Hightower, pretty solid receiver. DeVito has been pretty consistent all year. Isaac Dargangelo had 12 tackles, 10 solo last week in that loss at home in Champaign. Meanwhile, Michigan with McCarthy leading the show. Look, he doesn't pass for a ton of yards, but he takes care of the football. Had a rushing TD, couple TD passes last week in the 34-3 route of Nebraska. Blake Corum, we know he's up for the Heisman. 162 yards and a touchdown last week. Ronnie Bell doing his job. Talked about tight end Schoonmaker missing last game. Questionable Junior Colson, a tackling machine in this game. Michigan at home in the big house, minus 17-and-a-half, 41-and-a-half against the Illini. Yeah, with a low total, weather being an issue, old-school throwback game. Illinois banged up on both sides, but I still am going to trust that defense to keep this within the number. I, I think if Michigan gets up, I mean, do you really want to show a ton of stuff before the Buckeye game next week? I'm not sure you do, so Illinois for me. Does the line tell you anything about the condition of Chase I Brown? I don't think he's going to play. All right, Otherwise, that's... we'd be at 17. He, he moves the needle a half point a point. Northwestern at Purdue, and Purdue keeping their hopes alive in the western half of the Big Ten with that win last week against Illinois, taking on Northwestern at home in West Lafayette. Aiden O'Connell doing his job with three TD passes last week. Mockaby on the ground had 106 and a touch. Sheffield, big game with Durham and Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones has been solid all season long, and Kane had nine tackles, eight solo, and a tackle for loss. Northwestern comes a call and Talked about their situation quarterback-wise with Sullivan and Holinsky banged up. Richardson and Freeman both got in. Evan Hull's their go-to guy. Malik Washington, boy, he's got 55 receptions, only one touchdown. As far as the defense for Pat Fitzgerald, it's Gallagher and Mueller. These two guys, 161 tackles, will try and keep the Wildcats in it. They were able to hang in there with the Buckeyes with that inclement weather. Purdue favored 18-and-a-half, 44-and-a-half against Northwestern. Yeah, inclement weather being a, a big thing here for Northwestern. I think they can keep it in the number. We've seen them play Northwestern a couple of inclement games against Penn State, against Ohio State. They kept the, those big point spreads close. And if there is wind in the game, who's it going to impact more, Purdue or Northwestern? Obviously, it's Purdue's pass attack, so give me Northwestern. Next game on the docket, Brad, we know Coastal Carolina, Virginia has been postponed that is a uh, major tragedy. We just hate to see anything like this. Uh, three other players shot and killed by another walk-on player that played back in 2018. Another one of their players, a running back, shot in the back, went through his stomach. He is in the hospital, but he is going to make a full recovery, according to the doctors. But what a tragic situation there in Charlottesville, and it is, it is very tough. And then, of course, they close out the season next week potentially in Blacksburg, where we had another major shooting on campus just years ago. We'll see if they end up playing that game. Uh, But reflect on the tragedy real quick. I mean, it's sad. I mean, the fact that you can't even go on a a school trip on a bus and you got to think about your safety. I mean, and it's just, I mean, anytime, obviously, anytime anyone dies, uh, I mean, it's sad. But when you got your whole life in front of you, I mean, and keep in mind, Virginia is a very high academic school. I mean, these kids... Uh, we're, you know, on the pathway to being, you know, very successful human beings. And to have that taken from you at that age is just, I mean, it's a tragedy. No doubt. Our prayers with all the folks there connected to Charlottesville and any of the family members. Again, uh, very, very tough, very difficult to read things like that and just to see the footage. And it is uh, it is tragic. So keep them in your prayers over there. 
Georgia, number one team in the country. They're going to be in Lexington to take on Kentucky. Will Levis and company had the rough go of it last week. They lost to Vanderbilt at home. That ended a 26-game losing streak inside the conference for the Commodores. Chris Rodriguez did his job, 162, and a couple touchdowns on the ground. They'll need a lot of that and hopefully ball control if they're going to even hang it all with Georgia. Stetson Bennett just continues to win like this kid a lot. Now, he did throw a couple interceptions, but the team was very solid around him. Washington, Bowers, you can always count on them. McConkie had a big game, 70-yard touchdown run, and a re- uh, five receptions, 71, and a touchdown. And Jalen Carter, good job on the defensive side of the ball. In the game, Georgia minus 21.5, 48.5 from Lexington. Did we bet Mississippi State-Georgia last week? We may have. Yeah, I mean – Told you, Georgia. Yeah, I, think, have that I think we also out. bet. Yeah. Did we bet all Miss in, in Alabama? No, you didn't. No, nah, I'm did not you? sure that I did that one. Yeah, uh, you probably didn't. I mean, I, I was I'm on just all bringing miss. up stuff no, just no, to that's poke okay. at you a little bit. No, I just impressed with what Georgia's done this year off a national championship season, losing 15 guys. They didn't take zero transfers, zero. Uh, and to do what they've been uh, doing here. I wanted to play Georgia coming into the weekend, but just because Kentucky's overrated, well, Vanderbilt took care of the value because they, they proved that Kentucky's overrated. So. Again, another dead number, 22 at open. It's still 22, 22 and a half. Shows you that there isn't much value. 21 and a half at the Westgate Superbook. All 48 right, and a half. Got to get that in there. Uh, Georgia, surprisingly, as great as they are, still minus two in turnovers overall on the season. Just a bit of a surprise, but they've really gotten those sacks going. They haven't allowed Carter one. makes a difference. Yeah, no question. And they haven't allowed a sack in the last three games. Stetson Bennett just wins. He's, a, he's definitely a winner, but he did have the two picks last week. Uh, I think if Rodriguez has a big game, maybe they can stay in there for a little bit. Uh, Connecticut at Army as uh, Connecticut and Jim Mora Jr. What a story. Already bowl eligible, uh, 6-5 and five on the season. Zion Turner, not a great game. Robert Burns on the ground had 104 and a touchdown. Gave up zero sacks in the 36-33 win against Liberty and uh, actually got outgained 474 yeah. to 318, but got the W, finding ways to pull off wins. Meanwhile, Army missed a field goal, lost to Troy 10 to 9. They also outgained their opponent and uh, not doing great things over there. Uh, it's just hard to watch Army sometimes, but they had a, <laughs> a decent game from Tyre Tyler, but that missed field goal and that 10 9 loss. They still have three games left, though, even though they sit at. Three and seven. They have three games against UConn, UMass, and Navy, so they can get to that six win plateau. It is uh, Army at home, minus 10, 43 and a half against UConn. I think Army's the right side here. They need to win out to get the bowl eligibility. Connecticut probably still celebrating that they got the bowl eligibility. And look, they've won Connecticut for their last five games. They've been outgained in all five of their last five games. A little hidden value there. Army for me. Houston and East Carolina both off a bye. Clayton Toon leads Houston, the Cougars. As Brad told you, they are an over team only one time this year. Their game's not going over the total. Dell, excellent receiver already, 85 receptions, 13 touchdowns. Sneed in the backfield, doing his job as well. ECU, Holton Aylers, he's that run-pass guy. He's got 20 pass touchdowns, uh, five rushing touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell in the backfield, nearly 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. They lost three games by a total of five points. They do have that 15-point loss to Tulane, but it's a pretty dangerous ECU team. They're at home, minus six, 67.5 against Houston. Do we look at the over in this one? I would lean that way, certainly. Keep playing it. I mean, Houston games, you would think, uh, you know, the market would catch up. They don't. People bet the under for some reason. So over for me and also a lean on ECU. Cincinnati at Temple. Cincinnati minus 17. Ben Bryant, 20 touchdowns, but seven picks on the year. McClellan, 766 on the ground. Scott and Tucker, they're doing their job. 11 touchdown receptions. Ivan Pace Jr., a lot of fun to watch this guy on defense. Has nine sacks, 104 tackles. 
uh, about 50-50 as far as solo and assisted tackles for Temple. E.J. Warner, Kurt's kid, doing a decent job there with what he's got to work with with the Owls. Sadie on the ground, five touchdowns. It is a Temple team that doesn't quit. They play hard. They lost to Houston 43-36 last week. We'll see how they go this week. Good stat, though, for Temple. If you like to get a pass rush, they have 32 sacks on the year. They've only given up nine. Pretty impressive by the Owls in the game. Cincinnati minus 17, 51-year total from Philly. Yeah, Cincinnati 0-5, their last five games against the spread. Temple, four straight wins. Give me Temple. There you go. Navy, meanwhile, Kenny Niamat-Loho's team. Brad gave him out last week against Notre Dame. Big fourth quarter. Outscored the Irish 16-0. Shut him out in the second half. Big-time effort by the Middies. Arlene and Maynard running the show. Quarterback-wise, Fafana had 133 and a touchdown. Mark Walker had three receptions and a touchdown there for the Middies. And Ramos, seven tackles, one and a half sacks. Meanwhile, UCF. How about John Rice Plumley? What a game. Only threw for 132 and a touchdown, but he rushed for 176 and a couple touchdowns in the uh, 38-31 win against Tulane. R.J. Harvey on the ground had 83. Jason Johnson, eight tackles and a sack for UCF. It is UCF at home in Orlando. They're minus 15 and a half, 53 against the Middies. Got to check quarterback uh, situation here. Our line was gimpy, got KO'd out of the, uh, the the game against Notre Dame last week. They would be down to a third-string quarterback. Mainer? Yeah, Maynard. Yeah, yeah, he played last week. Uh, Maynard. Yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Right. But I'm saying Arline might miss this game okay. as well. So gotcha. Arline got hurt in the third quarter, late third quarter of the game last week. Uh, Maynard moved the team. He, they scored a touchdown off him. But I'm that would be a third string quarterback for Navy at Maynard. So because of that, I'm gonna lean UCF. All right, there you go, Old Dominion at App State. App State still not bowl eligible. Chase Bryson Company sitting Pathetic. at five and five. Keep an eye there. And they have one of the better running games in the country when both guys are healthy, Peoples and Null. Uh, but, you know, they haven't been. They've missed one or two of the guys in different weeks all year long. Chase Bryce, 25 touchdown passes, six interceptions on the very consistent Appalachian State Mountaineer team. Taking on ODU and Hayden Wolf, and this team coming off getting beat down by JMU at home 37-3 to in this game. It is Old Dominion catching 15-and-a-half in Boone, North Carolina against App State, 51-year total. Yeah, I'm going to lean over. I mean, App State's pathetic. I mean, you watch them against North Carolina and Texas A&M to open up the season. You think this is going to be one of the best group of five teams. And like you mentioned, still haven't even clinched bowl eligibility. They'll clinch it with a win here, but I'm not running the window to lay the points, so over for me. All right, JMU off that 37-3 win behind Todd Centeno. Team rushed for 187 yards. Thornton had six receptions, 140 by the airwaves. Meanwhile, Georgia State comes in. Darren Granger threw for 349 and a touchdown and a pick. Carroll on the ground at 100. But, man, they've got to win their last two games to become bowl eligible. Sick loss against UL Monroe. They led the game 28-20, but they outgained them badly in that game. And, uh, you know, by 235 yards, they had 41 more plays than ULM and still end up losing that game. Georgia State, the Panthers, catching nine against the Dukes of James Madison. 52-year total, Brad. Lean James Madison. I mean, statistically speaking, top 20 in the country, yards per play margin, yards per game margin, lean with the Dukes. Texas off the home loss to TCU, 17-10. They were fortunate they got a scoop and score just to make it 17-10. But John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, 17 carries for 43 yards. Are you kidding me? How bad was that? Ewers only threw for 171 and an interception. That's it. Defensive side of the ball, they were pretty good with Sorrell and Barron leading the way. Those two guys, six and a half tackles for a loss between them. Texas at Kansas. We know Jason Bean has been that guy. He's stepped up to the plate, but they lose a tough one against Texas Tech, 43-28. Devin Neal did have 
190 on the ground, 7.9 yards per carry. And Arnold did a nice job receiving the ball. Skinner, Grimm, and Casey all had touchdown receptions in that loss. And Kenny Logan, 11 tackles for the boys from Lawrence. Uh, in this game, Kansas at home, catching nine from the Longhorns, 64. This is a Kansas team that won in Austin last year. They did, so they're not going to be overly intimidated. I have no idea what I'm getting from Texas. In some games, they look like a top-10 team. In other games, on the offense side of the ball last week, that was abysmal. I mean, that was a program-changing type of loss. I mean, you got to get over the hump at some point. I'm going to lean Kansas here. All right, Sark couldn't come up big. I agree with you. I think Kansas is the right side there. Western Kentucky at Auburn. Auburn minus 5.5, 52.5. Robbie Ashford didn't throw for much, 60 yards and two interceptions. In that 13-10 game with A&M, they got the win somehow, some way. They'll take it. Hunter and Bigsby was the reason. Both guys had 121 on the ground. Meanwhile, Western Kentucky, Austin Reed, he can wing it. 377, three touchdowns, 45-10. They routed Rice. Stephen Robichaux in the back, backfield did a good job, but Jalen Hall was the main go-to guy receiving the ball. Seven receptions, 102 and two touchdowns. Oliver had eight tackles and a sack and a tackle and a half for loss. In the game, Western Kentucky catching five and a half at Auburn, 52 and a half your total. What about the over in this one? Yeah, I lean that way. I could see that. I did take WKU plus seven and a half, but I made the game six. I don't have much of a play at the current number. All right, Iowa and Minnesota should be a defensive-oriented game, and both teams <laughs> run the ball You know, with Ibrahim and Potts there for Minnesota, Caleb Johnson. Uh, Petrus, not the greatest passer there for Iowa, but both defenses very solid. Jack Campbell leads Iowa's defense. They do have a solid tight end we talk about a lot, Sam Laporta, and uh, Sori Marin is a pretty good tackler there for Minnesota, the young linebacker. In the game, Minnesota at home, minus 2.5, 32.5 is your total. Yeah, speaking of that total, and my database that I use goes back 20 years, and this is the lowest total involving two FBS teams in wow. any game in the last 20 years. I do bet FCS, so I look at I do see some low totals in the FCS. I will say this: any total priced at 33 or lower the last 20 years is 10 and one to the over. At some point, you just cannot make these totals this low in today's day and age of college football. Everything has to go right for you to cash that ticket. So because of that, I'm going to lean over, and I also lean Minnesota. All right, BP. Good Seven stuff. straight wins in the series for Iowa, though. Really? Wow, yeah. that's good to know as well. Georgia Tech at North Carolina. North Carolina, just the one blemish against Notre Dame. Zach Gibson will quarterback for Tech. Pyron now out for the year, and they already had Sims gone as well. Uh, McCollum uh, doing his job on the offense for Georgia Tech. It's not a great offense, and they're going to go face a great offense. That's Drake May, another uh, – Three touchdown passes, 448 via the airwaves last week in the win, 36-34 against Wake Forest and Winston-Salem. May on the year, 34 touchdown passes, just three interceptions. He's outstanding. Elijah Green on the ground doing his job. Antoine Green and Josh Downs continue to excel receiving that ball. What about it in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, minus 21 big ones, 63-and-a-half against Tech. Yeah, I don't see how Georgia Tech keeps up. I will say this. Drake May should win the Heisman. I, this is a 500 team without Drake May. I mean, they've won. They're 6-0 in games decided by seven points or less, and it's almost all Drake May making unbelievable passes. So you look at his stats compared to everybody else, they're superior to the C.J. Strouds, the Hendon Hookers. So that's all I got there. All right, good stuff, BP. I can't disagree with you. You're following I mean, I would lose closer. a ton of money if Drake May wins it. I mean, I got positions on Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker, so it would be a disaster for me. But I'm telling you, if I'm a Heisman voter, I vote Drake May. All right, we'll see how it pans out when they do vote. Texas A&M, 33-and-a-half, 47-and-a-half against UMass. There's going to be rain in this game. We'll see if Wigman and Texas A&M can get a win for Jimbo Fisher. They, of course, lost out of Auburn 13-10 to 
Mari Daniels on the ground, 83 yards and a touchdown. Talked about them being banged up in the backfield. Uh, McKinley Jackson did have a nice game last week with a couple tackles for loss and six solo tackles. For UMass, Brady Olson, a couple interceptions last week, 36-33 tough loss at Arkansas State. They got the cover there. Merriweather had 122 and two touchdowns on the ground for the Minutemen, UMass. At Texas A&M catching 33-and-a-half, 47-and-a-half. I had some people talk to me about the under in this game. Yeah, I bet the under 52-and-a-half on Sunday. So I, it just screams 38-3 to three to me. So, yeah, under for me. All right, good stuff, DP. As we roll on through, UAB at LSU. Tigers, the Bayou Bengals better not look ahead if they want to get in that playoff. Can't afford a loss to the Blazers. Dylan Hopkins doing his job last week against North Texas. 41-21 they roll. Dwayne McBride, uh, Jermaine Brown Jr., these two guys, 270 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Pretty solid stuff. And Trey Schropschreier, that's it right there. Pretty solid receiver there for UAB's Blazers. For LSU, Jaden Daniels, he lost a fumble last week, but somehow, some way, they got the win against Arkansas. Wasn't a great game offensively for the Bayou Bengals, but Josh Williams did rush for 122 on the ground, got a touchdown as well. Emery helped out with 40 yards there. Boutte and Naylor's need to step, neighbors need to step up in this game for LSU minus 15 50 and a half against UAB I like LSU quite a bit here I think the number the market's getting too cute here with UAB their stats are great but let's look at UAB the last five times they've stepped up and played power five teams 0-5 and this is all in the last five years 0-5 straight up losing by 28 points per game 0-5 against the spread failing to cover by 12 points per game Tigers for me like it quite a bit that's for Larry. Go. All right, good stuff. Larry Ragusa, you're a happy camper there with BP talking about your Bayou Bengals. Rice at home against UTSA, UTSA, Texas, San Antonio, the powerhouse at a Conference USA, minus 13, 56 and a half. The game in Houston, we will have rain for this game. And Rice all banged up at the quarterback position. Uh, talk to me about this team that's going to have to rely on Ottaviano and Montgomery on the ground. McMahon leaving last game. Uh, Shaqui Itrash. And again, I may be mispronouncing his name, came into quarterback in that 45-10 loss at Western Kentucky. They had six turnovers in the game, so make sure it's not just a replacement because they were struggling mightily. Meanwhile, Frank Harris and UTSA, 51-7, they route at La Tech. How about Barnes and Brady on the ground, four touchdowns. Cephas, another good game receiving the ball in the game. UTSA, and they are on the road. They're minus a Baker's dozen, minus 13 in Houston against Rice, 56-and-a-half. With inclement weather, there will be rain. Yeah, I'm going to have to dive into that a little further because, you know, I say over is what is screaming for me. I know the weather's going to be an impact, but, man, Rice games are 8-2 and two of the over this year, and UTSA is going to be able to easily get in the 30s here. So I like the over, but if it's going to require some further investigation. There you go. You miss any part of the show, the show is archived. You can catch it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Facebook, up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, we are halfway home on the Friday football fiasco right here live from Vegas. So tell your friends, uh, the numbers continue to climb, and we are happy that you are listening. <clears throat> Mark Hoke does a great job producing the show. We are live from Vegas, and uh, we will come back. Hour number two, we'll pick it up with game 377, Wazoo at Arizona. Keep it right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. 
Sex Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit psbrlaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Welcome back, folks. Friday Football Fiasco, hour number two. Sports X Radio, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, and our great producer, Mark Hoke. Don't forget the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings. You like professional wrestling, you'll love the Mark Hoke Show. And I'm telling you, the downloads on the Mark Hoke Show went through the roof yesterday. People all over the world. So be one of those people. Download or listen on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. right here in Vegas, coming live at you. All right, uh, Texas, San Antonio, and Rice is where, or I'm sorry, Wazoo and Arizona is where we pick up. We left off with uh, UTSA and Rice. Brad Powers, this is an interesting game because a lot of people looking at Washington State, we know that team can move the ball under Cameron Ward, the transfer from Incarnate Ward. Nakia Watson doing his job, had a big-time game last week. Uh, Stribling, very solid receiver. Jackson, excellent on the defensive side of the ball. And Dickert doing a decent job. They're minus six in the sack department. Arizona, Jaden Delora, the transfer coming over from Wazoo. That's why I like Arizona. Although people say they could have a letdown after beating UCLA, Delora's got something personal involved here. Michael Wiley also doing a nice job back in the backfield now a couple games, had 97 yards uh, on the ground. And then Jacob Cowing, who we thought was questionable last week, he wasn't questionable. He had nine receptions, 118 and a touchdown. Singer, another 83 receiving. I like this Arizona team under head coach Jed Fish. I think they're going to win the game outright. They're plus four, total 63 from Tucson. I'm going to lean under. I know that yeah, that's tough doing with the Arizona games, but I will agree with you that this program is on the rise. I would say this, watching the UCLA game, it wasn't, oh, UCLA's flat. It was what popped off to me is all these playmakers on Arizona's team, especially offensively, Delora, Wiley, Cowing. I like the freshman wide receiver, McMillan. So uh, Jed Fish is doing a really good job. And I, I think the number's about right, but I would not be stunned if they won the game outright. There you go. If they win that game and then win in Tempe next week, yes, the Wildcats would be bowl eligible. So when you look at two teams, Arizona and UConn, that were picked to be in the gutter. Both teams have excelled and potentially have a chance to both make And bowls. those are the teams. Everyone asked me about, are you factoring in bowl eligibility? Look at the teams that haven't been bowling for a while. Those mm-hmm. are the teams you want to bet on, not just any random team that's sitting at 5-5 five and five or whatever. Gotcha. You're right, because a team like Appalachian State at 5-5, five and five, they felt that they would be 8-2 you know, exactly. at this time, right, at the worst. Colorado State's at Air Force. Colorado Springs, 43-year total. Hazik Daniels doing what he needs to do. And Brad Powers, what do you need? One more win? 
One more win. One more win for BP. He'll Hopefully probably get, get it, it here. here. I think he'll get it here. Zeke Daniels doing his job last week in the 35-3 route of New Mexico. Brad Roberts, another 163 on the ground. Clay Millen for Colorado State threw for 251. But they lost a heartbreaker to Wyoming, 14-13. Morrow did have 104 on the ground. And Torrey Horton, he is a solid receiver for the Rams. Eight receptions, 168. He came over from Nevada as well with Coach Norville. Uh, let me see. In this game, it is Air Force minus 22 big ones, 43 your total. Those are big ones. I'm going to lean Colorado State, also the under. Keep in mind the under's 9-1 in Colorado State games this year. It is a rivalry, no question, inside that state. Oregon State at Arizona State. Uh, the Beavs minus 8, 54 your total. And uh, just making sure I grab the right stack there. With uh, Yeah, I'm just, okay, we got it there. All right, so the Sun Devils uh, banged up in the quarterback position. Oregon State, they just keep on winning. A solid program Jonathan Smith has built and I, I like this team not only to win this game but potentially beat Oregon next week especially if Bo Nix is still banged up Oregon State minus 854 the total any outside chance that the Beavs can still get in the Pac-12 championship game I think there is now I mean if they win out I'm trying to think what what the tiebreakers I they need a Washington loss and I'm not they sure need a Utah loss as well yeah so I don't know probably not KT but uh you know let, let's just say this they're one of the most profitable teams in the country. Eight and two against the number. I like Jonathan Smith. He's the perfect coach for Oregon State. Hopefully they can keep him there long term. I'm going to lean with the Beavers here. I think there's more stability in the program. San Jose State at Utah State and Logan. Right now the Aggies minus one at home, 51-year total. Cooper Legas doing a nice job last week. 41-34. They struggled at Hawaii, but they got the win and put up a lot of yardage. Legas had three touchdown passes. Tyler Jr. on the ground, 113 and a touch. And Larson, six tackles, two tackles for loss in that seven-point win. San Jose State, they got whipped up pretty good by San Diego State on the road. Chavin Cordero, three touchdowns, one pick, but their team just couldn't run the ball. 1.3 yards per carry will not get it done against that Aztec defense. In this game, it is right now looking at the line. Uh, one, Utah State at home in Logan, 51 the total against the Spartans. Yeah, they flipped a favorite here. Uh, I might have something to do with that a little bit. Uh, like Utah State quite a bit. San Jose State's recent form has been brutal, 0-4 against the spread their last four, failing to cover by 15 points per game. Unfortunately, it times in right when they unfortunately lost one of their teammates to a scooter accident he died. Uh, they can't run the ball. They can't stop anybody. Even Colorado State and San Diego State put up 400-plus yards on them. Utah State is a team going for ball eligibility. They're at home. They're at Boise State next week, so that's probably a loss. And Utah State's 4-1 and one their last five games. I saw some signs in the BYU game that this team was turning around. Their only loss in that span was when they had to play a four-string quarterback at Wyoming. So one team ascending, one team descending. Utah State for me, 15 degrees, California kids. I mean, I got KT here in the studio. He's shivering. He's a California guy. <laughs> At least looks like it. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be cold on those sidelines on Saturday night. No question. A Jersey boy that did his boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois, and le- learned, his, learned, learned that he didn't want to shovel snow anymore, BP. <laughs> You're an Ohio kid. You know all about that snow. All right, Boston College at Notre Dame. Two teams you know well. BC coming off the nice win against North Carolina State. 21-20, Emmett Moorhead talked about him. A couple big 300-plus yard games passing the ball in the last couple. Zay Flowers is an outstanding receiver. Had seven catches, 132 more touchdowns. Drew Pine, your man over there at South Bend. Four touchdown passes, 269. A steamy and digs in the backfield, pretty good. Jaden Thomas. How about Colsey, Deion Colsey, Neil Colsey's kid, man. Pretty pretty good stuff there. I was uh, looking up, uh, seeing how good this kid was. Xavier Watts, Kaiser doing the damage on the defense. But they had a big lead, never scored in the second half. 19-0, they got outscored by the midshipmen. 
16 nothing in the fourth quarter, gave the middies the cover in this game. Notre Dame minus 21, 43 and a half in a rivalry game. I'll look at BC. Yeah, I love BC in this game. Low total, weather going to be a factor. Notre Dame can't get margin on anybody. They're 0-5 against the spread as a double-digit favorite, failing to cover by 14 points per game. You know, half the time they look like a clear-cut top 10 team. Other half the time it looks like the worst Notre Dame team I've ever seen. That second half, KT, was the worst half of football I've ever seen Notre Dame play. Get outscored 19 nothing. got one first down. In the second half, one against Navy. Wow. Meanwhile, Cal at home in Berkeley, uh, all-star broadcaster Joe Starkey. This will be his last call oh, of, wow. a, of the game. Remember the band on the field? That was Starkey making that great call years ago. Uh, Jack Plummer, Jade Knott, try and lead that Cal offense. It's rather anemic. Only scored 10 points in the 38-10 beatdown against Oregon State. Only had 156 total yards. Meanwhile, Stanford, not much better. McKee, the quarterback's not bad, but Liegber is your running back, a safety. Uh, that's how beat up they are in that running back position. Higgins, pretty good receiver. Keeley had a nice game with two and a half tackles for loss for the Cardinal last week in their 42-7 loss at Utah in the game. It is Cal in Berkeley, minus five, 46 and a half. Yeah, the band won't be on the field or playing much for Stanford here, so I like Cal. Uh, I'll lay the points here. Even though they lost their OC, fired their offensive line coach, I mean, both these programs are really struggling. 40-year anniversary for the call on that game already. Wow, that is crazy. He's yep. 82. Jim Mora Jr., could he be the next coach at Colorado? We'll see how things pan out. Is that what you're hearing? That's what I'm feeling. I'm just feeling that. A, a guy that knows the Pac-12 lay of the land, and uh, I could see him uh, going right from UConn right to Colorado. Washington laying 31-63. Your total Fontenot coming off a nice grand game for the Buffs against USC in that Friday game. They uh, – are having trouble, though, as far as their statistics. Minus 11 on sacks, minus 11 on turnovers. Jordan Tyson out for the year. Their leading receiver, that hurts. They're at Washington. Michael Penix Jr. just continues to excel there for the Huskies. They got that big-time win against Oregon. And uh, the field goal kicker, Peyton Henry, was able to redeem himself. Two years ago, he missed a 37-yard field goal at Austin Stadium to win a game. He bounced back and got the winner there. McMillan doing a great job receiving that ball. Dunsey was shut down, but Polk had a pretty good game receiving that ball as well. Asa Turner, 12 tackles for Washington in the game. It is the boys from Seattle, minus 31. The Huskies are favored, 63 the total against the Buffs. Yeah, tough game. I mean, could be a little bit of a letdown. Do you want to lay 31 points? Probably not, but Colorado's so bad. Dead last in yards per game, yards per play points per game margin so pass for me all right kt gonna be missing his running back travis died big time as usc got tries to avenge a beatdown against ucla but a lot of those players for usc on this year's squad were not at that game last year because there's so many transfer portal guys caleb williams one of those guys he's still up there for the heisman he's done a great job leading that offense now austin jones a transfer from stanford relique brown these guys had 126 combined on the ground after die went out ford rice washington doing their job I'm hearing that Addison and Mario Williams will both play for USC. Tui Peloto doing his job. Goforth was back last week, and we'll see how USC's defense combats UCLA's offense. DTR lost a key fumble, and then that fourth and ten last pass just off the fingertips of Jake Bobo. They come up short, lose to Arizona. Their playoff hopes are gone, but they're going to try and take out USC again. They lost that game to Arizona, of course, 34-28. to We're down 14 nothing after the first quarter. That hurt big time. UCLA catching two and a half in the Rose Bowl, 76 to total. I know you like UCLA plus three, Brad Powers, and I can't blame you. Without die, SC's going to be up against it, but I think the Trojans will win the game. Before I get to this game, I'll give you my pick for the Colorado job. Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator, Illinois, played at Colorado. There's your 
There's your new head coach. That's a, If I'm doing the hiring, that's who I hire. This game, I like UCLA quite a bit. One of my favorite picks of the week. Everything that you just said, Travis Dye being out, I think significant, not only from a leadership but a production. You watched – look, he's, I said this weeks ago. You watch SC, who's the guy that pops off? Sure, certainly, Caleb Williams looks great. The pass attack looks great. But, man, I think he's an unsung hero of that team uh, running the football. On top of it, I think the market downgraded UCLA too much for losing to, you know, they say, oh, terrible Arizona team. Arizona's not terrible. They're actually a decent team now. And uh, I just think it's a decent buy low spot, sell high on the Trojans. Uh, ruins, baby. I, I can see it. If it mentally they're able to get it up after knowing that they <laughs> that they squandered their opportunity to get to the playoff, yeah. you know, and again, I, that's, I hear you. That's, what, that's what you have to do. You have to put that behind you. And they know they beat USC last week. Charbonnet is, or last year, I should say, in Charbonnet. I will say this. Job. With USC being the last hope, I would not be a bit surprised that there's some uh, calls that would, if, if it's 50-50, it goes USC's way. I'll just put it that way. On the road in Pasadena, we'll see how it pans out. Utah at Oregon and Bo Nix, that's the big question. Uh, will this kid play? And right now, uh, we're not seeing that he's uh, going to play according to the line, Brad Powers tells me. Utah, now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 60-year total, and Tavion Thomas waiting to get back in the backfield. I did a good job last week, 180 and two touchdowns on the ground, rising, running the show, through for three touchdowns in that beatdown at home in Salt Lake against Stanford. They had seven sacks, nine tackles for loss in the game. Meanwhile, Oregon with Bo Nix running the show, they still came up short against Washington, but he was out at the end of that game. Irving and Whittington will have to have big games on the ground. Franklin and Hudson receiving that ball. We'll see how it pans out. Christian Gonzalez will lead that defense. The Ducks catching two and a half at Hudson Stadium in Eugene, 60-year total. If Bo Nix is out, I don't see a pathway for Oregon here. Ty Thompson's a significant downgrade. The market's told you that, and I just worry about the physicality. I watched those two games last year, Utah and Oregon, and Utah manhandled them. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. It'll If they get the W, it'll go from Ty Thompson to Win Thompson. We'll see how that pans out. Florida at Vandy. <laughs> uh, how about good. Vandy? I know it would not get... All right, uh, Vandy breaking that 26-game SEC losing streak. Now they're back home to celebrate in Nashville against Florida. Mike Wright doing a nice job mixing it up. Rushed for 126, threw for 184 and a touchdown. Had a touchdown on the ground as well. Shepard did a nice job receiving the ball. Boy, that was a long losing streak, but they'll exhale a little bit. A lot of times when streaks like that get broken, the same result happens the next game. We'll see if that pans out as well. Anthony Richardson will lead Florida coming in. How about Johnson and Etienne last week? 261, a couple touchdowns on the ground, and the ASU transfer Ricky Pearsall had a 15-yard touchdown reception. Florida minus 14, 57 and a half against the Commodores. So I'm putting you down Vandy money line? Vandy money line. I'm on it. Okay. I will take the 14, though. I took 15 because I thought it should be 14. So I did bet Vanderbilt early in the week. I'm going to lean over now. All right, TCU. Boy, they uh, defied the odds last week against the boys from Austin. But Mark Lawrence had them as his upset game of the week. So I got to give him kudos there. TCU minus two. Duggan continues to excel. And Baylor getting crushed last week, 31-3 at home in Waco against Kansas State. Blake Shapin will give it a go. Had a couple picks last week. Got to do better than that. Walcott leads that defense for the Bears. Can they get it done against undefeated 10-0 TCU? Kendra Miller, another big touchdown, 75-yard run, had 138 and a touch on the ground. Quentin Johnson did play and had a touchdown reception. The scoop and score by Texas made the game look respectable. They were up 17-3 uh, when that happened with 425 left. Hodges had 11 tackles to lead the defense. In the game, TCU minus 2, 58-year total against Baylor. 
Man, I'll tell you, I know the public's going to be betting TCU left and right here. I mean, the fact that they're 10-0 and and only a two-point road favorite against a team that just lost by 28 to Kansas State at home last week. Give me Baylor. I'm on Baylor as well. I'll give it a shot. Baylor, all right, yeah. Hard to go It'll against It'll be the week. Now, look, I've been right. giving out anti-TCU like three weeks in a row. I've gotten my teeth kicked down my throat. I'm not giving them out again to clients, but I'm telling you, personally, Brad Powers, bankroll, I'm betting Baylor. Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, the USC transfer, coming off the tough 30-24 loss at home in Oxford to Alabama. Judkins did his job, 135, a couple touchdowns on the ground. Mingo, seven receptions and a touchdown. And reset, 10 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. Arkansas hung right in there with uh, LSU. Cade Fortin doing the job at quarterback with Hornsby. Uh, boy, it's been tough to watch Arkansas, but they get K.J. Jefferson back, and that is huge. Uh, we'll see if they can get the win against Ole Miss in the game. Arkansas catching two and a half in Fayetteville, 65 and a half your total against the Rebels. Arkansas outright. Uh, Jefferson back will be big, and I'm hearing a lot of smoke about Lane Kiffin to Auburn. Yeah, I was going to, I heard that. What makes Auburn a better job? Is it money, uh, prestige? You get to yeah, get the Iron Bowl head yeah. to head? Yeah, no, all that. At the very least, he's going to get a significant pay raise if he doesn't. <laughs> so, Unless Eli but Manning, just pay attention Eli to what Manning he's, may step up to the plate there. Pay attention to Lane in the media. He's very forthright. Uh, he's very blunt compared to a lot of other coaches. And he's talked about complaining about the crowds for Ole Miss earlier this season. He's complained about NIL. Last week he says, hey, I didn't come here to cover point spreads against Alabama. I came here to beat Alabama. I think he probably thinks he's got a better chance to beat Alabama at Auburn than he does Ole Miss. Interesting stuff there. He's all made it. He's going to make it around the whole SEC, Tennessee, <laughs> yeah. and uh, of course Mississippi. Now maybe Auburn. I thought he'd be the guy to replace Saban. May still be. Don't yeah. know. <laughs> Mississippi, Arkansas. We'll keep an eye on it. Mississippi minus two and a half, sixty-five and a half from Fayetteville. South Alabama's at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg. That line has the Jaguars favored seven and a half on the road, forty-five the total. Carter Bradley, a lead South Alabama into the game. Uh, it's a pretty good South Alabama team when they get going. Uh, Southern Miss, on the other hand, Trey Lowe's the quarterback, not bad. Frank Gore Jr. is a lot of fun to watch. Kid plays hard. He can run it. He can throw it. We know he stepped in at quarterback last year. They uh, lost a tough one at Coastal Carolina, 26-23. They were down 17-0 and then tied it up. You're taking this game, South Alabama minus 7.5, 45, because even though Southern Miss is tough, South Alabama, to me, is a team that may be able to shut them down. All right, we'll go head-to-head. I'll take Southern Miss plus 7.5. I'll give you 7. No. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take right. it. You give me half points all the time, I'll give you a half point. All right, there you go. So you got it. Now you got the boys from Hattiesburg, the Brett Favre alma mater, plus seven. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Tough year for both these squads. Started out good for Oklahoma State, more so than Oklahoma. Venable's defense has been atrocious. Oklahoma minus seven and a half, 66 and a half. Spencer Sanders uh, back in there for Okie State. Dylan Gabriel, 190 uh, via the airways last week. Not a great job. Uh, running the ball, and that's been the problem. When he's not able to run it, Eric Gray has been the go-to guy. Had two eleven and a couple touchdowns last week. Mims, pretty good guy, job receiving the ball in that 23-20 loss at West Virginia. Stutzman, how about 14 tackles? And Ethan Downs had three sacks for the Sooners in that loss. Right now, Oklahoma at home, 7.5-point favorites against the Pokes, 66.5 your total. I got the bet if Spencer Sanders plays, I got the better quarterback, the better head coach, getting more than a touchdown, Oklahoma State for me. Yeah, with that line. That's why I hesitated for a second. I'm like seven. Yeah, and power a half. ratings it kinda makes sense, but okay. something's wrong with Oklahoma. They were plus two in turnovers last week and still lost that game outright. And then they get the blocked extra point return. That's a free three points and still lost a West Virginia team that's gonna fire their coach. One of those bad beats for the first half as far yeah, as uh, that was Oklahoma. A bad one. Yeah, the block return. 
And for West Virginia. At, for West Virginia, right. Yeah. It, it put Oklahoma up by six and covered the number there in the first half. Crazy stuff. Love Scott Van Pelt and those bad beats. Uh, just to watch it and take it in. I hate when I'm part of it. Wisconsin <laughs> minus 10 at Nebraska, 39 and a half. A chance Casey Thompson could come back. Otherwise, it's Logan Smothers at quarterback. Anthony Grant's really the go-to guy. Uh, Palmer, as far as the receiving. But this team has lost four straight but they have five losses, one-score games. That's been tough for Nebraska, and it all started when they lost that game in Ireland at the end to Northwestern. Meanwhile, Wisconsin, they're 5-5. Five and five. Can they get to bowl eligibility? Uh, Braylon Allen getting some help from Garendo in the backfield, and uh, they're trying to take care of business. We'll see what Jim Leonard has. They come off the 24-10 loss against Iowa in Iowa City, and uh, Herbig came up big, though, for the defense. The linebacker, senior linebacker, had three sacks, for Wisconsin. Your take on this one, the Badgers, minus 10, 39 and a half at Big Red. Yeah, if Thompson plays, I'm going to go over here. Uh, if Smothers plays, I mean, it might as well be the Smothers brothers. Uh, I'm not too confident in Nebraska's offense, but I, I do think Thompson's plays, so give me Nebraska and the over. New Mexico State at Missouri. It is Mizzou minus 29, 46 and a half. Brady Cook, we'll see if he can get a win after that 66-24 beatdown at Tennessee. They were just miserable in that game. New Mexico State, Pava, Frakis, uh, both getting in action, but really Pavia doing his job uh, in the 51-14 route of FCS Lamar. In this game, again, it is Mizzou minus 29, 46.5. I can't see them getting up for this game. Yeah, I would lean New Mexico State. you got to love the SEC with this, uh, you know, third week in November, playing FCS schools, directional schools, New Mexico State, terrible. No doubt. Austin P. Go Austin P. The governors in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I haven't talked about it. UL Monroe, they're at Troy. Talked about their deceiving win against Georgia State where they got outgained 535 to 300. 97 plays to 56, but they found a way to get it done with Chandler Rogers running the show. Uh, Howell had a pretty good game receiving the ball for Troy. The 10-9 win against Army. They were fortunate as well. Uh, Vidal has been their go-to guy. 22 uh, receiving the ball last week, 72 on the ground. Tez Johnson got a touchdown reception. And Carlton Marshall, another 22 tackles, but only five of them solo. But he's the leading tackler in the country, Brad Powers tells me. In the game, Troy at home, minus 15, 48 the total. Not just the leading tackler in the country. We're talking all-time career leader in the history of college football. That's what Marshall's done in his career. So, uh, But that being said, I'm going to take you on Monroe. I like what Terry Bond's doing here. Well, uh Throw the Akron Buffalo game at you real quick. They moved it to Sunday. Brad, doesn't I don't think, think they're, they're going to play the game. Play. All right, no. so we'll. Uh, but if they did, we'll see. Uh, Buffalo is about a two touchdown. I would lean favorite. Akron, although it looks like DJ Irons is going to shut it down for the season. The quarterback for Akron. So Undercuffler would play quarterback then for yep. the Zips. We'll see how that pans out. All right, La Tech, real quick. We'll duck this one in. Boys from Ruston in Charlotte, minus two and a half, sixty-four and a half. And Liddy, the third-string quarterback there for Sonny Cumbie, having trouble. Fifty-one-seven. They got routed by the Roadrunners at UTSA. Charlotte, Chris Reynolds doing a nice job throwing the ball. Lost twenty-four fourteen at Middle Tennessee, but he threw for two seventy-seven and a couple touchdowns. Your take on this one? La Tech laying two and a half, sixty-four and a half on the road. I think they cover it. And McNeil plays. I like LT, uh, but if not. No way. I was on that train last week, and it was abysmal. Florida Atlantic at Middle Tennessee. Florida Atlantic minus 651.5 the total. And uh, this is, is – is that correct, Florida Atlantic? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay, so Florida Atlantic uh, with Nicosi Purry and company coming off the 52-7 win last week. Uh, McCammon and Wester in the backfield both did a good job there for the Alice Perry. 
two touchdown passes. He rushed for two more. They take on Middle Tennessee. Uh, Vadi Otto was the quarterback there for the Blue Raiders. Frank Pezen on the ground had a couple touchdowns. Who do you like in this one? Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders at home, catching six from the Owls, 51 and a half. Yeah, I don't like anybody on the side. I'm going to lean over, KT. When we come back, final segment, we pick it up with Florida International, game 417 at UTEP. We'll roll through the last few college games. We'll get into the NFL. It is SportsX Radio. We're rolling at you here live from Vegas. Don't forget, archives up by 11 o'clock Pacific time, and you can catch them on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Facebook, Apple Podcasts as well. And Brad Power Sports, you can get all of his plays, not only the newsletter for the basic plays, but the VIP service as well. At Ken Thompson, 87 at SportsX Radio at Brad Power 7. Follow us that way on Twitter. Live from Vegas, coming back for the final segment. Keep it right here. Sugar Hill Gang bringing us back for the final segment here. SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers. Remember, we taped this segment 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Friday morning. So things like weather and injuries, check those because they can change. And uh, we give you the information that we have at taping. So uh, keep that in mind. Have, uh, what do we get, six college yep. games left? Not too bad. Brad Powers going at a pretty good pace. And then we'll get into the NFL uh, don't forget to tell your friends we come at you from the PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. And SportsX Radio comes at you from those same studios four nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday. Come see me at 1750 North Buffalo Steiner's Pub. Always over there on Wednesday, set up by 530 and there till about 11 o'clock p.m. Florida International and UTEP, that's where we left off game 417-418. Florida International with uh, Grayson James and company really struggling. Lost four turnovers last week. And a team that's just struggling mightily in a 52-7 route. They got crushed. They're just not playing good ball. Looked like they had glimpses of hope earlier in the year. Now they take on UTEP, who comes off the tough 37-30 loss to Rice in, uh, at the end of the game there. Calvin Brownholtz uh, stepping in now to play quarterback. And I got some personal interest there related to my wife's side of the family. Brownholtz, seven carries for uh, seven passes of 10 for 56 yards. And he rushed eight times for 64 yards, including a 25-yard touchdown run. That was key. This kid will run the ball a lot more uh, than uh, the, the other quarterback there. And uh, Hardison, A. Watt and Hawkins will help him out on the ground. And Tyron Smith, pretty good receiver. It is the Miners at home against FIU. And in the game, UTEP favored 14 big ones, 51 the total. Yeah, 14 big ones, but, I mean, what FIU team are you getting here? The team that, you know, half the season looks like by far the worst team in the country or the other half that they pull a couple upsets. So because of that, I can't bet it. Pass. Arkansas State at Texas State. Bobcats at home, minus 651. Tough for me to lay points, but, boy, I'll tell you, Arkansas State, they did get a win against UMass, but they're tough to watch. James Blackman, the Florida State transfer, struggling with this offense throughout the year. Lane Hatcher running the show there, Texas State. Uh, not a great team as well, and a slew of injuries there for the Bobcats. They lost to South Alabama 38-21, threw a pick six with 248 left in the game, and that helped South Alabama get the cover or the push, depending uh, what the line was. What was that line, 16 and a half? Yep. Thought it was. Okay, uh, move on down to that line. Texas State minus 651 the total, Brad. 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I can't bet Arkansas State. I mean, they got dominated in the box score by UMass. That's pathetic. And Texas State with the injuries and just not willing to lay six points with a losing team and a losing program uh, equals not betting the game, KT. A rarity for Brad Powers. Marshall, minus four and a half there at Georgia Southern. Clay Helton's boys getting crushed by UL Lafayette, 36-17. to 17. Uh, They can become bowl eligible if they get this win or if they close out with a win at Appalachian State. So maybe a better shot here at home against Marshall. Fancher doing the job at quarterback now for the Thundering Herd. Laybourne has been that guy out of the backfield all year. We'll see how things roll with Kyle Van Trees thrown for 325 and a touch in that loss last week. Justin Ellis with a couple tackles for loss and a sack for Georgia Southern. They are at home and they are catching four and a half, total 53 and a half. I'm going to lean under with Georgia Southern uh, banged up at the skill position. Boise State laying 14-44 from Laramie. Uh, Wyoming struggling last week to get the one-point win. Easton Gibbs, solid linebacker, had 13 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss. Titus Wen, solid running back, 73 on the ground. Jaden Clemens stepped in at quarterback for Wyoming. That's how banged up this team is. Boise State, Taylor Green doing his job. Uh, Halani, a couple touchdowns, 115 on the ground. Defense had four sacks, six tackles for loss in the route up in Reno against Nevada. Boise State minus 14. I know this is a rivalry game, but I would only take Boise. Agree. Best team in the Mountain West by far since they made the quarterback and offensive coordinator change. Fresno State minus 22 and a half, 54 year total in Nevada. They come off the 37 30 win against UNLV. Rebs get the cover with, an eight, uh, with 18 seconds left. They kick a field goal to lose by just that seven points. And uh, they were catching in between that. They actually got the game even. And uh, then. Fresno State found a way to get it done. Jake Hayner continues to excel. Quarterback threw for three touchdowns. Mims had a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Jose Marino Cropper, eight receptions, 164, and two touchdowns. And good to see safety Evan Williams, last year's leading tackler back, had nine tackles, seven solo for the Bulldogs. On the road at Nevada, they are uh, taking on Shane Illingworth or Nate Cox, whoever quarterbacks. Doesn't much matter. Just hand off to Toa Tala. He had 103 on the ground last week in that loss to Boise State. Fresno State, minus 22.5, 54. That's a lot of points. Uh, but Hayner could probably cover it. Yeah, it's a lot of points until it's 28 nothing in the middle of the second quarter, as, I, as KT would say. But with that being said, I'm leaning Nevada. Look, I just got done saying Boise State's the best team in the Mountain West. Boise State played at Nevada last week. 21 was the spread. Now a lesser Fresno State team's laying 22-and-a-half. Just tells me if you want to fade Nevada, you're paying a premium. So because I don't like paying premiums, I like taking discounts. Give me Nevada. Meanwhile, UNLV Hawaii, remember, check the weather conditions there. 23-mile-per-hour winds expected for this game. UNLV minus 11, 55-and-a-half on the island. Take on Braden Shager and Hawaii under Timmy Chang. 41-34, they hung with Utah State. Parson on the ground had 101. Hines, another 97 and a touchdown on the ground. So they were able to run it well. Bowens and Pinoke, 167, 10 receptions and a touchdown as well. Again, they put up 34 points against Utah State. Brumfield back at quarterback for UNLV, rushed for a touchdown in 60 yards. Didn't throw for much, but got help on the ground from Aiden Robbins, 144 and a touch. Kyle Williams back in the lineup as well. Uh, in the game, and the defense actually played pretty good against the rush last week. UNLV laying 11, 55 and a half. Do we look at the over in this game? Yeah, well, the wind, I mean, right? the wind, the, the wind the is why you're seeing the total come down. But I agree with you. If the wind wasn't that big of a deal, over. Uh, I lean Hawaii. Uh, UNLV's in their largest away favorite role since 2001. I was still in high school. Wow, that is impressive. Yeah, I was. Uh... And real quick, Hawaii moved the football. They did score 10 points in the final three minutes last week against Utah State.
There you go. Okay, so that's uh, so changes things. Down 17, end up losing the game by 7. Let's jump to the NFL, Brad. We've got that Browns-Bills game that has moved venues. Remember that. We'll get to that later on in the uh, rotation now as they've moved that game down in rotation. Browns at Bills. It was scheduled to be at the Westgate. The total was eight, eight and a half, and it hasn't moved much as they move that game indoors in Detroit. But we'll start it off with the Panthers and the Ravens. Ravens at home. This line was up to 14, down to 13. 41 and a half is the total. Your take with this Panthers team, because the offense is tough to watch sometimes. They still play hard. Uh, don't know what you're going to get, but you're going to get Mayfield at quarterback, it looks <laughs> like, against the Ravens. And a Ravens team that right now, you know, playing pretty good ball on both sides of the ball and a team that's made some tweaks there. And Harbaugh's still a pretty good coach. Minus 13, 41 and a half. What's your take? Didn't bet it. I need 14 to take Carolina. Keep in mind, Baltimore, 6-3 and three record, but all nine games they've led by double digits at one point. That hasn't happened too often in the history of the NFL. They're off a bye. They're rested up. I guess I see why it's, you know, 13 here, but I just haven't gotten to the window. Eagles and Colts. We know the Eagles' defense as far as, you know, the rushing attack that Washington had, they didn't do a great job there, but they addressed that situation. The Dominican Sue, uh, a couple different players now to help out on the defensive line. It's still a solid team offensively led by Jalen Hurts. They're laying a touchdown in even money at the Westgate Superbook. Starting to see uh, that number everywhere and in a faraway place right now. I do see Eagles minus 6.5. The total's 45.5. Can Jonathan Taylor and company get things going there for the Colts? They come off the win, improbable as it could be, against the Raiders. Raiders struggling, and Jeff Saturday steps in with less than a week of coaching experience under his belt. Gets the outright win out here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Colts catching seven. How about Matt Ryan at a 39-yard run last week in that game? Longest of his career. 45-and-a-half is your total. I would think the Eagles bounce back. Do you tease the Eagles, or do you stay away and just kind of watch this play out? So you're Mr. Colts. You're not liking them this week? No. I love them this week. I think they could win the game outright. I think bubble burst for Philly uh, losing, uh, you know, finally being that last remaining unbeaten team to go down. Short week. Indy's feeling good. Crowd will be pumped up with Saturday there. Indy plus the points. Sprinkle money line. Yeah, big loss with Dallas Goddard. He'll miss about four games. And amazing how the referees missed that face mask, you know, with Goddard getting his mask as he's pulled down to the ground. I, I Brad, something's got to change. Like in college, when they see something that's, you know, not right. They buzz down to the field, but that doesn't include things like face mask, does it? No. Yeah. See, they they should have that authority. If you see something blatant like that, to where you, yeah. and it blows your mind how six guys out there can miss a face mask like that. Or I've seen several this year to where the guys whole helmet has been pulled around. How do guys miss that unless they're just trying to miss it? <laughs> Jeez, I'm not gonna go that far, but there should be. If we're gonna do, you know. I don't know. At some point, though, you can't be calling upstairs for every, to get every single play right. I mean, there's got to be some human element to it. I get it. And you said you're not going there. But when you talk about USC, UCLA, you're saying, well, you know, with the Pac-12, you know, when in doubt. Well, I'm just saying it was 50-50. Sure. Yeah. 50-50. I've seen so many games. Uh, I guess it's more my Notre Dame bias where, I mean, Notre Dame's been, you know, not not on the great end of stuff. But then, then again, that was 40 years ago. All right, so you like the Colts. KT would only play the Eagles in the game. All right, game. there's head-to-head there. All right, we'll go there. Seven points we'll give you. Commanders at, Tex- Commanders at Texans. 
Commanders minus 340 and a half. I'm on the Commanders, not just based on the win against Philadelphia, but because they get Chase Young back. And I like that defense. When he's there, it's going to create havoc. I think he's going to be fresh and ready to go. I think he stayed out an extra week to make sure. And I think they get after Davis Mills. Look, the running game's been okay with Pierce, but at the end of the day, I'm going to look at Washington minus the three. Total is 40 and a half. What about it, BP? Where are you on this one? Ron Rivera uh, saying that he's going to stay with Heineke, even though Wentz was slid- slated to come off the IR. Can't blame him there. Yeah, I mean, they, they've won four of their last five games. They've 4-0-1 against the spread in those five games. Uh, with that being said, even though I was Mr. Washington last week, I, that was one of my favorite plays of the week, I'm only in Houston. Jets and Patriots, Pats minus 3.5, 38. Both teams coming off a bye. And we look at a Patriots team that's been dominant over this Jets squad over the last bunch of years. I like the Jets' defense a lot. Offense inconsistent, especially at the quarterback position. If if they had a little more consistency on offense, this, this would be a playoff team. I'm not sold that they're out of it right now. They need a win here to justify making a playoff run. Something about Belichick at home and taking on the Jets that they just find ways to win. That's why that hook is attached to that three right now. Patriots minus three and a half, 38 your total. Yeah, I'll take the hook on the dog, even though they haven't had much success. I mean, I... They've had success recently as far as covering point spreads against the rest of the NFL. They're 6-2 their last eight games, so I'll take the hook, plus 3.5. Lean, though. Tough well, card. Yeah, so and then you look at the, the Giants, a 7-2 and two team at home at MetLife. Now, you're going to get some wind in this game, uh, but only laying three yeah. to the Lions. The Lions have found ways to win two NFC North battles in a row. Great comeback last week against the Bears. Cost me some money, but, <sighs> you know, they continue to play well. Uh, held Green Bay out of the end zone to get a win the week prior. So the Lions are playing hard. There's no question. They're well coached. Uh, Again, they squander opportunities. And we've yet to see DeAndre Swift get into the offense since coming back from the injury. If they can get him going, this team can put up more points. Giants minus 345. Saquon Barkley's still running the ball well. I think the Giants are the right side here, but it scares me with that line just at minus three. Yeah, the line stinks. Flat out stinks. Seven and two team at home. Uh, you know, seven and two straight up and against the spread. I I still think Detroit's a bottom five, six team in the NFL, and it's only three. That scares me, but I mean, sometimes it's okay to be square, and sometimes the market gets too cute. So I'm gonna lean Giants. Hip to be square, old Huey Lewis, no question. All right, uh, Rams and Saints and the Rams without Cooper Cup. They're all everything. Ankle surgery for one of the best receivers in the NFL, if not the best, and as a huge blow to the Rams. We know Stafford was uh, in concussion protocol, was uh, banged up, and you know, didn't know if he was even going to go. Looks like they were going to go with a backup again and uh, really struggling offensively. The Saints, they announce, Dennis Allen, that I'm going to stay with Andy Dalton. And I just don't know why you even have Jameis Winston, if you're not going to go to him when he's healthy, you might as well see what you have. If you're going to, you know, not play the guy, what are you going to do? Just keep him around? I don't know if I'd uh, stay with Dalton. But your take on this one, Saints at home, they're minus three in the Dome against the Rams. It looks like Stafford's going to play. We saw this line go from four and a half to three. So Stafford plays, it looks like. Uh, Just kind of reminds me of a preseason game, honestly, with just, you know, both teams supremely disappointing. Quarterback issues for both sides. No play. Can't disagree with you. Yeah, definitely one I'll stay away from. Meanwhile, the Falcons and the Bears, the way the Bears lost that game last week, that's just a head scratcher. uh, It looked like they had it when they got up by two touchdowns. A lot of money made by the sports books on that second half as that line went from one to two and a half. And uh, the Bears end up falling down on their face in the fourth quarter. Falcons not playing great ball, struggling. Can they get that fifth win? I'm wondering. 
maybe they can get it here. Mariota and company, they're minus 349 the total. But I'm not going against the Bears the way Justin Fields is running the ball. I like the way that offense has opened things up. 49 is your total. I could see this game going up and over that total, Brad Powers. Yeah, I lean over. I mean, Chicago's offense is, I mean, night and day compared to the start of the season. One of the worst offenses in the NFL. Last four games, they're averaging 31 points per game. They run the football on everybody in the NFL. They'll run here. I'm a lean Bears plus three. I'm not sure they get the outright win, but I'll take them to cover. Raiders and Broncos, Mile High City. Raiders already beat the Broncos once, but they only have one other win, and that was against the 1-7-1 Houston Texans. Raiders catching two and a half. Now it's two and a half Broncos and minus 120. So this game could hit that magic number of three before kickoff. 41 and a half is your total. Look, it's a Raider team without Waller, without Renfro. Going to the Mile High City, Russell Wilson and company. I think the loss, 17-10 in a game they led throughout in Tennessee, looks a lot better based on how Tennessee dominated Green Bay last night. Ah, boy, Brad, I I would only look at the Broncos here. Look, I, I hope the Raiders get a win. I hope they find themselves and are able to close out one of these close games, but they haven't been able to do it, and I can't trust them. So I would only look at the Broncos, but I'm not going to play the game. Not going to play the game. Another preseason game. Both coaches, I mean, look, I'm all for giving guys opportunities and giving them a chance. I think both coaches should be fired after this year. Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator from Green Bay. McDaniels all those years with New England as offensive coordinator. Sometimes guys are good coordinators, just not great head coaches. Norv Turner, Wade Phillips, we know them throughout the history of the NFL. Chiefs and Chargers, Chiefs minus 552. Tell you what, I had to sweat out my teasers with San Francisco last week. In the first half, I thought the Chargers at halftime, I said they're going to win this game. They look better. Herbert, missing Keenan Allen, missing Mike Williams still. Austin Eckler, Everett, some of the guys stepping up but just not enough skill position players, and that's what could hurt him against KC. Now, the Chiefs will be down. Uh, Mecole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster could miss as well for the Chiefs. Chargers catching 5-52. This number has come down. I like the Chargers, though, to win this game. I think even without Joey Bosa, I think Khalil Mack and company get after Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chargers have a chance to win this game outright. I'm going to take the points and the Chargers, 52 the total. Chargers are one of my top plays of the week. You know, I gave them out yesterday. Lions moved a point and a half. I'm not saying I moved it. Obviously, the Kansas City injuries probably moved that. Uh, but let's just line comparison. Chargers could have won the earlier meeting in KC. KC at home was laying four and a half. Now on the road against the Chargers, they're laying more. Not buying it. Cowboys and Vikings. Cowboys blowing that 14-point lead in Green Bay. And that looks even worse now based on the uh, Packers getting beat down by Tennessee. Cowboys, though, find themselves a one-and-a-half point favorite, 48-and-a-half in Minnesota. And we look at that crazy game with Minnesota and Buffalo, and then you wonder, how can Minnesota be a dog at home? They just keep finding ways to win. But they also have Kirk Cousins, and he's been known throughout his career to find ways to lose. So we'll see how it pans out. But I like the way this Minnesota team is finding ways to win. And I'm not sold on Dak Prescott. Again, I know he's got potential, but he just doesn't look very consistent. And I think back, even the opening game when he played Tampa Bay, yeah, he got hurt, but they only had three points, and he played a good chunk of that game. They weren't moving the ball. So I'm not sold on this team. I know Ezekiel Elliott could come back and help out Pollard. I like Pollard. I like Schultz. I, you know, Gallup's not bad. C.D. Lamb, pretty good receiver. But again, I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I think the crowd, if they were ever loud before, are really going to be loud in this one. Why? Because you just beat Buffalo in Buffalo. I know it was maybe an improbable win when you're down 17, but you have Dalvin Cook, and that long touchdown run that he had, that changed the complexion of that game. 
of course, the miracle inter- the miracle reception by Jefferson, one of the greatest catches you'll ever see in history of football. It doesn't matter what level. It's just one of those with the game on the line to make a one-handed reception like that and not let it hit the ground. Kind of reminds you of a David Tyree against the helmet, not letting it touch the ground in a key situation. Vikings catching one and a half, 48 and a half. I will take Minnesota straight up to win the game. Line another line it stinks. I just I don't get why Dallas is favored on the road. I do think Minnesota's overrated, but the market's telling you that uh, with this line. I'm not gonna go that far. I'll just play it safe because I'm you know more conservative, seven and a half. more conservative than than KT. Uh, I am gonna take the teaser plus seven and a half. All right, can't argue with that. Bengals and uh, <laughs> by the way, the uh, Chiefs Chargers game flexed to the Sunday night game. Uh, so Bengals Steelers, which would have been the Sunday night game, is moved back to 125. Bengals minus four in Pittsburgh, 41 year total. Pittsburgh's a different defense with TJ Watt. So I was on them last week. I know you were as well. Bengals without Jamar Chase, different offense. Bengals minus four, 41. Probably a game I'll just stay away from because I think the uh, Bengals still have enough offense with Joe Mixon running it well, and Andy Dalton's got some other receivers that are pretty good. Andy Dalton. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Burrow. Boy, I'm telling you, KT with the flashback there of Andy Dalton. I'm seeing Joe Burrow, and I'm I'm calling Andy Dalton, who will be starting for the Saints. Sorry about that. Uh, Bengals minus four, 41. It's part of getting old, Brad Powers. All, all us white guys look the same. Uh, I don't know what Dalton know with the red hair. Come on, KT. I know. You know. I just... <laughs> I'm I'm joking with you. Honestly, I kind of like Cincy here. Uh, they're off a bye. They've covered six of their last seven games. They already lost to Pittsburgh earlier this year, but an extremely misleading game where they were minus five in turnovers. Cincinnati outgained Pittsburgh by 150 yards in Week One. Uh, so I know Watts back and everything, and Pittsburgh's feeling themselves. I like Cincy here. All right, the Browns and Bills, again, that game has been moved to Detroit. Bills are minus 7.5, 49.5. I'm just going to look at the over this game. I just think instead of being yep. outdoors, I think Josh Allen and company, if Josh Allen plays, they're going to move that ball, and I expect them to play, and I expect this offense to excel, get a lead, and keep pushing it because no lead is safe. They found that out last week. Browns, Jacoby Brissett, he knows right now Deshaun Watson's practicing this team's not going to make the playoffs. They've really got nothing to play for. They should have some fans there because Detroit, not too far from Cleveland. But I think Buffalo will have a lot of people getting out of town with that snowstorm anyway and probably have a good chunk of the Bills Mafia there in Detroit. Bills minus 7.5, 49.5. I could definitely see teasing the Bills oh down God, to 1.5. Yeah. What about hey, it? It's too easy, it seems like. So I'll probably lose, but I Buffalo's one of my favorite teaser plays of the year. And I'm going to tie them to the game we haven't talked about yet, but I – Love Buffalo in a teaser here, and I could see the points, too. There you go. The game in Mexico City, Monday night, the Niners, minus 8, 43-and-a-half. I believe Brad Powers probably teases the Niners, but could tease the Cardinals up to 14. Colt McCoy looking pretty darn good last week, and the Cardinals looking good as a team. I may go that way. I may tease it up because I wasn't impressed with the Niners' offense at all, and I know you have McCaffrey and Mitchell running the ball, but they didn't move the ball at all, really, on the Chargers' defense. Not in the first half. They were able to find a way to get it done and then, you know, fall down on the one-yard line. Could have uh, bolstered it even more. But the Chargers made their own mistakes. And, again, they were playing with an offense that's, you know, missing half their starters as far as skill position players. Uh, I do think that it's going to probably be McCoy at quarterback for the Cardinals, but they are missing some other guys as well. So uh, keep an eye. We know that Ertz is now out for the year. 
and uh, Murphy missed last game as well. Hollywood Brown, though, is scheduled to be back there for Arizona as far as the receiving core. Your take on this one, Niners minus eight, 43 and a half. You're going to tease them down to two. I am going to tease them down to two. Tie them with Buffalo, one of my favorite teaser plays of the year so far. So, uh, yeah, you got two of the best teams in the NFL. Can't lose, especially Buffalo can't continue to lose. And the Niners, for, for all their stats, I mean, and plus physically they looked at the part of a top three, four team. Just aren't there as far as record, five and four, and that's why you're not laying ten here instead of, you know, being just eight. So tease it down through seven and three, folks. Brad, real quick as far as the uh... – Big Ten on the western half, where you have four teams log jammed at four and three, Purdue four and three, Illinois four and three, Minnesota. So it comes down to really this Minnesota Iowa game as far as an elimination game this week. But who do you like to win that half of the Big Ten? Illinois has got that tough game at Michigan. Do you like Purdue or do you like the winner of the Minnesota Iowa game? I like Purdue because they play Indiana Northwestern to close the season. Everybody else that's in the mix has at least one tough game. There you go. All right, great stuff from Brad Powers. Uh, Brad, give me a college game that's uh, one that's still out there with value for the listeners. UCLA, outright over USC. You had to get that one in there. All right, yeah. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> great stuff. How about NFL? What's your favorite? That teaser that I just said. Buffalo favorite play. and San Fran? Yeah, Buffalo and San Fran. At Brad Powers Sports, at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter, at Mark Hoke Show. My producer does a great job. And, again, don't forget Sunday morning, you can listen to his show, The Mark Hoke Show. You like professional wrestling, you'll love The Mark Hoke Show. At Ken Thompson 87, at SportsX Radio. Listen to me as well. On Monday, Fish Fane back in the uh, catbird seat along with his great producer, Mark Hoke. That'll do it for us on a Friday football fiasco. Don't forget, check all your injuries and weather. Till Monday, you know the rules, folks. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio. As uh, we are live from Vegas, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week, folks. Have a great weekend. Hope all your games come up big. Unless you're going against KT's games, then you're in trouble. Talk to you on Tuesday. The guys are back on Monday. Good night, everybody.